ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the On Point Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Greg Locke, and today we're going to talk about three things we know around here very well, faith, family, and politics. Well, speaking about politics, uh, have you noticed that racism has once again made its way into the news in an unbelievable way? I find it interesting that when we sit under our tent every single weekend at 2060 Old Lebanon Dirt Road, there are white people, black people, Latino people, Hispanic people, all colors of all races, even on our staff and our leadership and our volunteer team. And yet, what does the media do? The media continues to talk about how wicked, evil, and bad police are and how oppressed the black people are and how ungodly the white people are. And yet, you know what I'm finding? I'm finding that really, at the end of the day, white people and black people really get along in America, but they don't because of CNN and Fox News. And so we're going to circle the wagons in a few moments and talk a little bit about this whole racial situation. But today in the studio, I have not only one of my dear friends and... Uh, He's almost like my my son. He's almost like my child mm, because uh, we look so much alike and we're stylistically alike. But today I have pastor slash evangelist slash consultant slash TikTok person slash friend, John Groves. Welcome to the program, John. Hey, Thanks for being here. It's exciting <laughs> to be here. I've never had that many slashes before my name yes, in my life. Yes, you get a bunch of slashes and uh, he's got all kind of titles, does all kind of things. He's been doing some church consulting for Global Vision this week for our staff and some of our volunteers and greeter teams and all of that. He's the... Uh, He's the assimilation king, right? The assimilation king. Mm. Now, look, I have a hat on. You can't see it today because it's just an audio broadcast. But I have a hat that says, open the churches. Let me tell you what's shocking to me, and then I'm going to get the uh, perspective of a church consultant, of a man that still travels and preaches and helps struggling churches, as well as churches know how to grow and better grow and better assimilate. Why is it? Why is it, John? that 60% of the churches in America are still closed to this day. Of the 40% that are opened, only 1% of those churches is receiving any type of growth at all, and they're at 25% capacity. People just aren't coming back to church. Do you think the last year and a half has fundamentally changed the church world forever? I don't think the last year and a half has fundamentally changed the church world. I think it has fundamentally exposed the church world for what it was <laughs> yes, already. Come on. It was, you know, 20, 30 years ago that Billy Graham said he believed that 90% of the American local church probably wasn't even saved. Wow. And I think that we've seen people who have completely rejected the cultural Christianity, yes. which was far too cultural and not <laughs> enough Christian to begin with. Yes. And so what we're seeing really isn't, you know, COVID or anything else dividing us. It's really COVID and everything else exposing the quote unquote mm. church for what it really was, a country club, a show, yes. Yes. and a collective of people who said really nice Christian things, but didn't believe them and adopt them and live them deep within their soul. Yeah, you're exactly right. You know, because we have become so cultural. I say it all the time, the American church is far too American, not enough church. Now, do you believe the statistics that only 1% of the 40% that are open are receiving any type of growth whatsoever. I, I, I tend to believe it. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> I believe it, and I think I think it's evident because every time a church opens its doors and begins to grow and begins to do things in their community in this highly politicized church culture, the yeah. news gets all over it to attempt to paint them as criminals who yep. are trying to murder everybody in their town. Yeah, absolutely. And we've been called that many, many times. CNN will be back on uh, May the 30th, which maybe that'll be the day that we have General Michael Flynn. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Michael Flynn come to our church. It's going to be cool. 
And uh, I don't know what to expect, but uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be standing room only. But maybe that'll be the same day that uh, CNN comes back. CBS was going to come a couple of weeks ago, but I wouldn't submit to uh, a COVID test. Mm. It's not that I'm against all the COVID tests. It's that they wanted to set up the COVID test. And you can imagine what would have happened if I'd have falsely popped hot. Woo, <laughs> man, I'm telling you, they'd have come out with the pitchforks. It would have been like a Shrek movie. Kill the ogre. And uh, they would want to destroy our church as if they're not already trying to do that. Now, of these 1% of churches, okay, that are growing, you have people like, uh, I hate to use names, but, you know, Andy Stanley's reached out to our ministry a couple of times, not in a good way. He he shared a picture of a donut with me a while back because he said, hey, this is why you get a vaccine. And he joked about it. Like, to him, it's not a big deal. you got 40,000 people in your church, probably has enough money in the bank. Of course, got lots of money for PP. P-P-E, whatever that nonsense is, uh, from the government to pay his staff. And so you got a guy like this. He has 40,000 people in his church. He closes the whole thing down. Looks at me. He says, I'm the bad guy. I'm the person that's trying to paint everybody, you know, with the shame game and the guilt game and back them into a corner. I mean, what do you do with these megachurches? I, I really think the megachurches have been exposed for who they really are. And, and there's a few of them that are still rocking on for Jesus and still doing something. But as somebody that kind of travels around as a church consultant, would you say that the day of the megachurch has kind of gone the way of the dodo? I mean, everybody's kind of doing something different now, right? I mean, there might be some big churches. We're growing. We've got 1,000 people coming on Sundays, but we're no megachurch by any means. But I think the whole megachurch movement is done. I think the megachurch <laughs> movement is clearly on its way out. And yeah. it was before COVID as the megachurch celebrity pastors started getting exposed for who they really were and what they really were. And people are going, I want community and I want discipleship. But more than anything, what we saw in American church culture over the last four years is people going, I want to hear the truth. Yeah, I've got uh, TV telling me this and Facebook telling me this and this person telling me this. I need somebody to open up the Bible and say, thus saith the Lord. Yes. And there's not very many mega churches where you're finding that. So people are abandoning that showy model and saying, let me go to a place where I can hear a man of God that yeah. I trust tell me what the Bible says. So yeah, mega churches are on their way out for that reason. They are. And what I'm finding, though, like with our church and, you know, Rob McCoy and a lot of other people that are open, I say a lot, there's probably like 50 of us around America that are really making a stink about this whole thing, is the favor has followed the obedience. Our church, their churches are more financially stable, more people stable, more solid in every way possible. And people are like, how can that even be a possibility? But I'm telling you, the churches that either stayed open or reopened because they saw the writing on the wall and they knew that this was nonsense— I'm telling you, God's blessed them. I've not met one single person that said, oh my goodness, our church is struggling more than it ever has before. God just keeps bringing people in. He keeps bringing resources in. And, and I think these guys need to stop counting the nickels and noses and think to themselves, oh, if we open the doors, then we're going to lose everybody. I'm convinced if you open the doors, you're going to gain a whole lot more than you're going to lose. Ten people might walk away, but I'm telling you, you might have a hundred or a thousand people show up to see why they walked away because God's blessing that. And so I think the churches that are opened are uh, are being anointed of the Lord. Is that, is that what you're seeing? I mean, you travel around preaching. Well, absolutely. I'm really sick and tired of hearing the pastors that say that COVID was a setback for their church. All oh, this was a setback. This really set us back financially. This really set <laughs> us back. It was really a divine set up. Yes. We're, we read that things like this are going to be happening more and more in the last days, in the last of the last days. Yep. But this was a setup for the church to really stand up and step mm. up to be who God called us to be. And so 
Uh, I, I'm tired of hearing pastors go, oh man, this really set us back. If you would open your doors, if you <laughs> would preach the truth, if you would be what the Bible calls you to be, God's word never returns void. Ever. So to all of the bloggers and uh, there there are a couple, you know, church growth companies that have called you out in, oh, in absolutely. the past, their lead personalities. <laughs> I'm here to say, stop listening to the bloggers who are saying, oh, church attendance is going to continue to go down and we need to start measuring this yeah. instead of that and this instead of that. Listen, we're not about like, oh, how many people can we have in the seats? But we are about how many people can we save from hell? Amen. And how many people can we point to Jesus? And the truth of the matter is this. You preach Jesus. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And yes. the gospel still works. So, yes, cultural, showy, celebrity, Christianity, church attendance is on the way out because people got comfortable watching yes. it from their living room yep. and uh, they were seven weeks away from not watching it at all. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. then the churches that said, let me go ahead and lift Jesus up and proclaim, thus saith the Lord, are growing by leaps and bounds because that's what the gospel does. It always has and it always will. Yep, absolutely. You know, you hear people say all the time you know, with our rights being taken or really they're being given, you know, that the Constitution and the amendments do not have a pandemic clause. Well, guess what? The local church doesn't either. Uh, either. The Bible says that the local church is the pillar and ground of the truth. We either still believe that or we don't believe that. And so we're going to shift gears a little bit and talk about this faith over fear idea, because I'm convinced you can't have a church that operates in faith and in fear at the same time. I know everybody has their idea about masks and social distancing and, you know, signing up and all this. But at the end of the day, we either are a place that wants to see miracle signs and wonders and wants to be a place of faith and a house of hope and healing, or we're going to be a place that says, well, you know, all that stuff's in the Bible and Jesus said all that. And he walked right into the life of lepers and, you know, blind folks and sick folks and all of that. But maybe that's not for us today. Speak to that a little bit because you, you just can't have both. I don't believe you can have a local church that's full of faith and full of fear. You're going to be full of one or the other. And I think a lot of that has to do with the pastor's demeanor. Well, you're really doing a disservice to the gospel when you take the opposite approach because there are particular demographics of churches, particular denominations or however you want to label it that have been known in the past for, you know, word of faith, healing and different things like that. And you absolutely find healing in the Bible. You mm -hmm. absolutely find the call the elders, anoint them with oil, pray over them, let the Holy Spirit do his job. Absolutely. We've seen that happen here in our own church. Yeah. People healed of miraculously of cancer and different things like that. So it's interesting how those who were proclaiming that you believe and claim your healing, you know, on one side that can't believe and claim healing over a virus that's not nearly as deadly as cancer. Um, so where where's the biblical balance there? We're doing yes. a disservice to the gospel. Pastors are going to have to give an answer to the Lord for the double standard that said God can work over here, but we don't really know how he's going to work over right. here. So in fear, we're <laughs> going to not give him the opportunity to work at all. And I think a lot of the fear has driven people to take the Bible out of context because everybody wants to use this Romans 13 situation, you know, of course, is exactly what Hitler used to put six million Jews on boxcars and try to exterminate them hmm. as part of the human race. But these pastors are like, well, you know, Romans 13 says that God has ordained all authority. It certainly does. But it also says in verse number three that that authority is a terror to those that do evil but a protector of those of us that speak and that live and that do righteous. So my whole shtick, if you will, is when the government itself becomes the evil, right? When when the uh, when the understanding that the law becomes tyrannical, then I think rebellion becomes biblical. And people are like, well, you people are just troublemakers. The Bible's full of troublemakers. Old Testament, New Testament, minor prophets, major prophets, John the Baptist, Jesus, Peter, Paul— 
James, John, whoever it is, they're filled to overflowing with people that went against the status quo. And we have these people saying, well, you know, you have to obey. You have to obey. You have to obey. There has to come a time when we transition from Romans 13 to Acts chapter 5. We have to obey God rather than man. And I think we're doing our churches a great disservice by taking the Bible out of context and beating them with it. Normally, we'd be against that, wouldn't we? But So why are we doing it now? What's the deal? Well, we've Americanized the gospel yeah. and removed <laughs> the context of, you find these mega churches beginning at, at Pentecost that are gathering in caves and in secret and yeah. being hunted by the ruling governing authorities that executed the apostles and executed Jesus himself. So um, they were willing to gather and assemble and pray and worship and disciple and meet and do all of the other things that are a part of being the local church under threat of actual death. There's no 99.9% recovery (laughs) rate for demographics over Roman soldiers hunting you down, killing you if they invade your gathering. So Mm. I, 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 (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I don't understand it from yeah. a biblical perspective other than to say when you take the Bible and you make it say whatever you want yeah. it to say rather than accepting it as this is black and white. God said this thing because he meant one thing. I don't care how you interpret it. I care what the Bible actually says. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have a Bible. You have a brain. We highly suggest on the On Point with Pastor Greg Luck podcast that you use both of them, ladies and gentlemen. Now, here's what I think the real virus is. We talked about this in the introduction to the show. I think the real virus is the media. (laughs) The real virus is the fake news, right? And I know Trump had a huge deal going. You know, he was riding the whole way. Fake news, fake news. Everybody's starting to find out the guy was right. Okay, he may have been wrong about a few things. He was right about the news. The real nefarious, terroristic enemy is the news. I don't care if it's Fox News. I don't care if it's CNN. I don't care if it's the Washington Post, you know, the LA Times, New York Times, whatever it is. Everything we are seeing with COVID, and switching gears into this idea of everything we're seeing with racism is a media-infused, media-involved fiasco. We believe exactly what they want us to believe. The, the narrative is their narrative. Whatever they say is what the sheep are gobbling up. Look, you're crisscrossing America. You're traveling around. You're talking to pastors as much as I do and on the phone and Skyping probably more than I do. And so you get a little bit of the temperature of what's happening. As we switch gears to the real media-infused virus uh, of this whole idea of, you know, these the white cops and, you know, African-American population, I, I really, I just don't see the problem. The problem is the media won't shut up about this situation. W- would you agree with that? You don't have to. Well, <laughs> absolutely. Fox News just reported their numbers on 2021 fatal yeah. police shootings, I think just two or three days ago from when we record this episode, yep. where the number of black individuals fatally shot by a police officer, 52, and three of them were unarmed. Mm. And then the number of white people fatally shot by a police officer were 109, and the number of unarmed white people were five. So what we're seeing is somebody or something, I believe it's the prince of the power of the air, writing a narrative in order to uh, attempt to, quote unquote, cancel people who are trying to preach Ephesians chapter three, yeah. um, there is no Jew or Greek. There's no black or white. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, we're trying to preach the gospel here. And so when you make it about something that it's not actually about, it's easy to erect a straw man yes. and then go attempt to murder him and burn him down. And that's what's happening. And pastors don't know how to fight against that. Sure. Sure. They don't. They're, they're just kind of uh, politically backed into a corner. And and here's the problem. We can talk about racism and, you know, black on black, white on black, whatever the situation is. It's it's funny to me how all these shootings and these beatings and all of this nonsense 
it goes away so quickly if it doesn't fit the narrative, hmm. right? When it's black on black or when it's, you know, black on Asian. If it's white on Asian, oh, my goodness, you know, Asian hate. Stop Asian hate. If it's white on black, listen, I don't think any violence is good from anybody. And I know there's some bad seeds uh, in the whole, you know, police ranks. I get it. But it doesn't make them all bad, okay? It doesn't make all black people crooks, and it doesn't make it all cops bad cops, okay? There's, there's bad black people. There's bad white people. There's bad cops. There's bad pastors. But that doesn't make us all crooks, all charlatans, all murderous, you know, pedophile child rapists, like some of this nonsense that's going around. And so at the end of the day, I think the media just really wants another civil war. I really think they want us to hate it. We got to push back against this evil. Like like Pastor John said, look, no Jew, no Gentile. God's broken down the middle wall of perdition. And we talk about race, 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 race. There's a human race, right? And Absolutely. there's enough of God's grace to cover the whole human race. And so this racism, I, I tell people, look, You've never been a slave. I've never owned a slave. We got to learn to get along. We can't let all this reparation stuff and the nonsense the news is talking about make us hate each other any more than the enemy already has us hating each other. And we are literally, I mean, we're not talking about figurative. We're literally watching the streets and the buildings in America be burned to the ground. I don't care if it's over George Floyd or something, Nancy Pelosi or Maxine Waters. We are watching our nation burn to the ground. And the church is silent. And some of these megachurch pastors, you know, they're giving in to the BLM nonsense and they're giving in to the Antifa nonsense. And these, oh my goodness, the the never Trumpers, okay? Uh, can we say, oh, thank you to the never Trumpers that could not handle a few mean tweets and now we have the city streets of America being burned slapped to the ground and pastors and churches aren't saying anything about it. Well, I think we're the key. The politicians aren't the key. The pulpit is the key. Pulpit's key. The quote unquote I'll call them woke pastors who've <laughs> given in to that crowd are yeah. scared of losing the same people who bought the BLM, you know, yeah. director or her third or fourth or fifth house or <laughs> yeah, whatever it's supposed to be. A- 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 absolutely. Yeah. If you preach the gospel, the gospel does the work of tearing down those yes. barriers. So why would we allow the news media to build a barrier that Jesus broke down 2000 years ago? Yeah. Does sin exist? Absolutely. It yeah. does. We've seen racism for sure. Post Jesus. Uh, can I take you back to the Holocaust? for yeah. example. Uh-huh. Um, I, I love sharing with people when they try to come at me. I'm, I'm a registered Native American citizen. Oh, I've got my ID card. I've yeah. got everything. And so when you want to talk about racism, I'm like, I don't care what color you were. All of you joined yeah. together come and on. kicked my people out of our home and <laughs> moved us to another place. Yeah. And uh, I haven't received a check yet. Yeah. So um, it, 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 here's the thing. You can't be a racist and be a Christian. It's a contradiction yep. of terms. Come on. And so those who are like, oh, well, we all have this we all have this are downplaying the grace of the gospel, the transformation of the gospel. You're not preaching the word if you're preaching that some people are just born or inerrantly racist in in some. Preach the word and let God do what only God can do. Yeah, we've made uh, white privilege like a Christian theology. It's Mm. so stupid. You know, that's racist. (laughs) Absolutely. That's right. I don't believe in white privilege. I don't believe in black privilege. I believe in grace privilege. Amen. We're just graced. Hey, let me ask you this. Okay, you brought this up. And so... Uh, do you get in that casino money? Do, I don't get. Any, oh, I don't get any casino money. Man, I've met some folks who really get a lot of casino money. You know, that, that would be absolutely. I don't know if there's something I need to fill out in order to know. get some of that, but that'd be great. But no, we need not to go yet. To, to Vegas and find out if you get some of that casino money, brother. I don't know. <laughs> that is that's crazy. Well, things are a mess. There's no doubt about that. You know, uh, we'll bring things to a close here in just a minute. I, anything, John, you're seeing on the landscape that you want our listeners to uh, to be aware of? I mean, just really, let's be honest. What are you seeing? Do you see any hope 
for whether it's the racism issue, whether it is the church being opened issue, the political issue, the landscape, everything's a hotbed right now. Do you see any glimmers of revival of the Holy Spirit really just showing up and fixing this whole mess? Showing up and fixing this whole mess? Absolutely not. But I do see glimmers of yes. revival. Amen. And revival is always born in the face of opposition. Yes, it is. Every time that God allowed persecution to enter the equation, the propagation of the gospel almost always immediately followed. Yeah. And so what we're seeing is a refining fire where... Uh, those who are going to quit are quitting. Those who are going to leave are leaving. And we really get to start afresh with, I was just talking with a pastor on Sunday who said, you know, the greatest part about COVID was we lost 50% of our church. Mm. And it's awesome because we really get to start <laughs> over without the dead weight of people we yeah. were doing stuff for who didn't believe what they claimed to believe anyway. So yeah. God's on the move. And I just want to challenge every pastor. The church, when it was founded at its inception, was the center for community yes. and for communication. Amen. And if you're not doing a, a news interpretation for your people, I don't want to say you're doing them a disservice. What I want to say is you've got a prime opportunity yes. to really walk in your calling of saying, let me take what the news media said and show you what this means from God's word, mm. because people are always down on what they're not up on. And yeah. the reason why yeah. people believe all of this garbage is because they don't follow position and they don't follow title. They follow who's the most clear. And the news media had an easy way to walk in and write the narrative for yes. a nation because pastors decades ago forsook their responsibility to preach the word, to create the narrative, to announce, thus saith the Lord. And as we're getting back to that, people are flocking to, this guy told me what God said clearly, yeah. and then he showed me how I could find it in God's word. It wasn't his opinion. It was just the truth. Yeah. And you have an opportunity to be that. So you want to grow a church. You want to grow Christ's kingdom. You want to see lost people saved, get on the forefront of what's happening in our <laughs> culture and say, let me explain this to you. Let me translate what yeah. God is, has to say about this issue. Hey, man, I love it. You see there, we have the greatest guests on this program, ladies and gentlemen. We had Dog the Bounty Hunter a couple of weeks ago. That was pretty slick. Come He's on. supposed to show up at the tent. They've kind of like moved to the area. For some reason, Dog the Bounty Hunter likes Pastor Greg Locke and Global Vision. But, uh, but this was just as good as the dog show, folks. I'm telling you, this guy has some great insights. Pastor John, tell us where everybody can find you on your website, social media handles, all that good stuff. So so our folks can can snoop up on you and dokes you a little bit, huh? And follow you around and uh, let them know where you're at. Come on. Everything <laughs> is John, no H, John L. Groves, JohnLGroves.com, John L. Groves on all social medias. And I'd love to connect with you there. Even if you're a hater, you always really help get the word out. I appreciate you. Yes. By the time you hear this, uh, many of you will have already watched the live stream at uh, GlobalVisionBC.com, our church here in Mount Julia, and know that John preached for us this past Wednesday night. Knocked it out of the park, and uh, he always does. I love him stylistically. And in every way, he uh, he's like a brother to me, and I appreciate him so very much. But you heard it right here, folks. Make sure you follow John Groves on all the social media. We'll be back very, very soon with some more special guests, some more exciting things are going to be happening. And we love you guys. Thanks for being here on On Point with Pastor Greg Locke, where we talk about faith, family, and politics. God bless you. We'll see you next time.